everyone. Welcome back to Mapping the Tropes. My name is Paola. Uh, my name is Marianne. And I'm Adriana. And this is a romance podcast where we talk about a trope and we discuss three books, one book each, um, that has that trope. And it's great fun. Today, we are going to talk about the best friend's sibling, Ooh. which... I oh I I love to say Alexa play and then I say a, a song, but I I don't know the name of the Victoria Justice song, but that one you know the one BFB BFB best friends brother oh best friends brother yeah oh my god the cultural <laughs> impact that song has on our generation the show called <laughs> <laughs> this is a trope that Paula shows. Just the best friend sibling trope or sibling's best friend. Paola, why exactly do you like this trope or what attracted you to this trope? I like the nonsensical forbidden part of it. <laughs> like it makes no sense that it could be considered like forbidden love, but it's just like a general rule that people have. It's just like, please don't take my friend please don't date my sister or my mm. sibling in general like that's that's weird especially mm -hmm. when you're young um or younger <laughs> but I but it's really not a big deal like I mean yeah no I don't think it's it's a big deal if if like everybody is you know of age at mm -hmm. least again I love the nonsensical forbidden part of it because it allows for a lot of like tension because exactly. and I love pining and, and that as we've established mm, pining mm. is like it's a constant state in this podcast we love pining yeah um, the angst of it all yeah I think it's because we watch too many telenovelas maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> we were we were raised on telenovelas I think that's that's pr probably why <laughs> Yeah, I feel like what, what I really like about Best Friend Sibling uh, and this trope is the fact that all of them are biased. Like, yeah, all of them are too close to the subject. And because like the the best friend is like, oh, I'm I know too much about my 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 best friend and I know too much about their family um it's and it could turn out weird and the uh, like love interest was like the sibling is like I've I've known you for for a certain amount of time and I already like you or something like that um I already kind of know your quirks or and I think that's what uh what I really like it's like they they know each other or at least are familiar with the presence or the existence of one another and yeah. how that uh, progresses depends on the story of course but like I really like that uh, idea and trope yeah I really like that in these like I always like the tropes where they just like jump right into a relationship and I mm -hmm. feel like with the sibling's best friend the best friend sibling it happens here because you know the person or or at least in the books that we've read or or we're going to recommend today they know the other person so they can jump right into the relationship it skips a bit of the awkwardness but it also has awkwardness when the 
awkwardness in the forbidden part that Paola was mm-hmm. mentioning before. So it has a really good dynamic and it's great to, to explore through books. Maybe not so great for people who live it actually, but that's because <laughs> I don't have a sibling, so whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Paola, do you want to start us off with your book? Yes, I love it. I love this book because it not only has the best friend sibling trope, it also has the like forced proximity trope which mm. I yeah. find a little gimmicky sometimes but in this one it makes so much sense and it's so good oh it's beautiful this is another book yet again by Talia Hibbert it's called Guarding Temptation and it's about James and Nina Nina is uh, James's best friend best friend's little sister And she is a political campaigner slash journalist. And she writes an article that puts her like a little bit on the spotlight because it's, you know, it's a little controversial. It's a risky thing to talk about. And so people start sending her hate mail and then she gets a death threat and she is in danger. So... James suggests that she moves in with him at least until, you know, the re- the police report is filed and they make sure that she is not in danger because, you know, death threats are nothing to be joked about. Um, they're very real and he knows it. She's actually the one that's like, no, it's fine. Like, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But then he's like, no, you need to be, you know, protected and it doesn't. Like, it doesn't mean that he thinks he can save her. It just means that he, you know, he just he's really worried about her, which I also really love. Um, and this also has, like, a mutual pining thing because he really wants her. But when she was younger, she was kind of, like, a, a, a player and she didn't, really like settle down with anyone even though she didn't have to because she was really young um but James has never been about that like James was never like a huge flirt like Mm -hmm. Nina was um and so he doesn't want like he what he wants her obviously but he doesn't want to risk it all just so that you know she can sleep with him and be done with it even though that's not what Nina wants either Nina wants, Nina is ready to settle down, <laughs> but, but, but James doesn't know it. And she thinks that he doesn't want her because she's his best friend's little sister. And, ah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. It, it gave an unparalleled level of angst, but in <laughs> such a good way. And it's also a novella. No, it's not a novella. Is it a novella? I don't know. It was. It's quite short. I don't know if it, it if it's if it qualifies as a novella, but it is quite. It's shorter than most of the books by Talia Hibbert. So, is it part of a series or or just standalone? No, I think this is a standalone. We think it's a standalone. Oh, that's good. We love the bodyguard trope here. It it's good and it's hot. Like it has. <laughs> I think it. I believe it has like two sex scenes. And the first one, oh, oh, so good. Interesting. So good. 
Man, I feel like Thalia Hibbert has a book with not every single trope, but so many different tropes. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So many tro- different tropes that it's like literally something for everyone. Uh, I'm always surprised. I'm going to make a counter that says like it has been zero days since we last brought a Thalia <laughs> Hibbert book to the podcast. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, they still have a whole lot of books that we haven't mentioned exactly. that can be mentioned at any moment in the podcast. I feel like we should have a little countdown somewhere on, on yeah. our account. <laughs> and see days. which one get you know which ones we've mentioned and which ones we haven't <laughs> so that we can get on those books that we haven't mentioned because maybe make we a bingo. A bingo. <laughs> I'm mapping the tropes bingo and there's just like when they repeat an author when they talk about Thalia <laughs> they're talking about Thalia Hibbert again <laughs> whoever whoever fills the bingo first you get a shout out at our podcast congrats <laughs> oh also I forgot to mention that this is a black romance book so both uh, people James and Nina they're both black so we love to see yeah. it. Yeah, but oh, if if anybody out there has not read it, definitely do. It's very easy to read. And again, it's a novella. It's quick. It's muddy. It's by Talia Hibbert. We, know, we all know that Talia Hibbert. And it has pining. Ex- oh, exactly. Exactly. I feel like, you know, to endorse a book, all you have to say, it has pining. So <laughs> I think that's all we had to say, you know? Correct. Uh, <laughs> what about you, uh, Marianne? What's your book? Okay, okay. So mine is the second book in a series. It's called Pretending He's Mine by Mia Sosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been wanting to mention Mia for a while because Mia is Puerto Rican-Brazilian. So... Mm-hmm. A lot of their books have like nice Puerto Rican representation, nice Brazilian representation. But anyway, uh, this book is <laughs> it's called Pretending He's Mine. And, it ha- and the protagonist is called, well, two protagonists because it's a dual POB book. Yes. Uh, the In this case, the female protagonist, her name is Ashley. And the male protagonist is Julian. Ashley is kind of like, I would say... A mess, like she. <laughs> she she's she's chaotic. Not, yeah, she's, she's very chaotic. chaotic. Marianne she's, was like, as the kids call today, a mess. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, she's she's basically our age, like mid twenties, figuring herself out. She's a flight attendant, but she wants to do something else. And Julian, on the other hand, he's uh, a Hollywood agent, and he's also kind of stag- stagnant in his. Mm-hmm profession like he he he's good at what he does but he doesn't feel joy for it because he has like a different passion and in this case there's two different types of forbidden in the situation because Julian is her brother's best friend but also he is her brother's agent because her brother is like a famous movie Mm -hmm. star which he was the protagonist in the first book which I also really loved Mm -hmm. um so yeah, like Julian doesn't want to explore his attraction to Ashley because first he doesn't want to jeopardize his professional relationship with the brother, but also because, you know, 
he doesn't want to blur the line between professional and personal. The, uh, the thing I liked about this trope in this book is that like very early on in the book, they recognize that they have feelings for each other. And they're like, we're both attract- attracted to each other. We, we both want to sleep with each other, but <laughs> we shouldn't do that because it will lead for us to confuse our feelings and it's dangerous because, you know, all the reasons that I've mentioned before and they, like from the very beginning, there's no communication problem because come on, they, they, they both like each other. But here, oh, there's also forced proximity like in your book Paola because she doesn't have an apartment and he offers up his so Mm -hmm. they're both sharing the space and Ashley (laughs) Ashley is kind of uh flirty in the sense that she walks out with short little shorts and she tries to tease him all the time and she leaves her door halfway open so he can see something (gasps) yeah like this is this book has like one of my favorite like introductions yeah because it's so ridiculous (laughs) it's so ridiculous but also kind of funny because I I don't know Mariana if you want to talk about it instead of me but like (laughs) (laughs) the first scene literally (laughs) I I just laughed the very first page is her is him like hearing her masturbating and she's being really loud about it and and really (laughs) dramatic about it and then when we get to her point of view, we realize that she's actually faking it and trying yeah. to tease him into getting like a reaction so she can yeah. check if he's actually into her or not. Exactly. Like, oh. she's, she's, driving he, she's driving him crazy, basically, yeah. <laughs> to see if he really does feel something for her. And it's so fun like to see them both like him falling for it very obviously and her on the other hand just being so calculating about everything like mm-hmm. we he thinks that she's being yeah. like oh clueless or huh does she not know the effect she has and her on her point of view like oh I see I know heavy breathing or something <laughs> like, yeah. it's so funny yeah because she she like she likes to poke holes into the walls that he's built around himself in order to like deny himself the like feelings that he has for her mm-hmm. um and I really enjoyed that that sort of like not like dynamic that's like overstepping boundaries but like yeah more like challenging those boundaries like why do you have them in the first place and like yeah oh that's that's interesting that's a really interesting way to capture somebody's attention yeah <laughs> I I don't know if I would have ever thought of that honestly me neither but it worked it worked <laughs> it's very when Harry met Sally uh like the cat's delicatessen uh scene where uh yep. she pretends that she's uh having an orgasm in the middle of the restaurant um, <laughs> very that vibe um but less public um <laughs> Yeah, and, the, and also along the way in this book, they fake date because, so, you know, this is the second book in a series and the couple from the first book is her brother plus the love interest. So like, basically we see the couple from the first book in this book sort of have like a wrap up to their ending from the first book. Like, I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler or not, but 
it's a wedding like we see mm-hmm. the wedding of the couple from the first book so Ashley she's like uh, if I go by myself my family will be so annoying and they'll keep saying that I don't compare to my brother and that I am a mess and that I'm not I'm not you know worthy of anything so like his own brother suggests that they fake <laughs> date so she doesn't like have a bad time during that whole wedding festivities so imagine two people that are clearly horny for each other <laughs> and now they have to fake date in front of everyone and yeah like they're they're both gonna drive each other insane basically because they have to you know they they can't they they're already in love so they're not technically faking it but they still <laughs> feel a little bit of of drama in the, the unresolved situation. the unresolved sexual tension yes yes there's one there's one scene one really good scene like so like they don't have sex but he basically tells her like um grind on my thigh Mm -hmm. and and get your pleasure from that or something and i was like holy mother of god like who that's hard yeah because he was like we can't have sex but you can get pleasure from me in another <laughs> way and i'm like yes son yes yes. <laughs> yes that reminded me a little bit of um make a scene by mimi grace there's a there's a scene where i think they're at the gym yeah. at, at his oh. office yeah and they're like making out and he's like you know Well, they're very, I don't know how it's called in, in English. In Spanish, it's called cachondeando, which me- basically means that they're touching all over. Like, they're both, they're touching each mm-hmm. other all over. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and things are getting hot, but their clothes are still on. And she's like, you know, having a good time moaning and stuff. And he's like, I swear to God, if you come like this, And she's like, you know, she's like, stop talking. I'm like halfway there. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Such a hot scene. Yeah, I like. I remember books. that. I remember that book. That was really, that, that scene. That was a really good sort of hot and heavy uh, scene. Yeah, I love it. It's like the heavy petting that like. But also in this book, Julian is very hot. Like he's he's beefy. He's like stoic kind of professional I like, man Ugh, i i like him. i imagine this like the dude from what's it called the the vampire diary spin-off the uh the originals this guy charles michael davis oh yes yes actually yes i accept that fan cast thank you Thank you, Adriana, for suggesting. <laughs> exactly. He, he, that's how I imagined him when I was uh, reading the, the book like, like three years ago or so. Um, but yeah, uh, I loved it. Yeah, like also you mentioned that she tries to poke holes in the walls that he built. And by the end of the book, like... I like they had like you know the common common breakup and then get back together like mm-hmm. the breakup is because she challenged his little oh uh-huh. perfect bubble and I like it I liked that 
you know, she did that, but she also challenged herself in a way. Like the resolution was for both parties. And by the end, like they grew and it was it was a really nice ending and really well structured. And the best friend sibling, you know, the trope itself, when the brother finds out, he doesn't like freak out or be like, oh, man, that's my sister or whatever. (laughs) Like it was it was a really nice uh, type of I like I like the way that the trope was explored here. Exactly. Interesting. Really want to read that series, to be honest. I uh, love the, the covers. First one, the first one was so good. I loved it. I was going to mention it um, in the last podcast, uh, the celebrities episode. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had to be true to, to you had me at Ola. But basically <laughs> what I'm saying is you can you, you should read this series. The third one, I have not read it, but I know that it's like hate to love. Yeah, so it looks really good. It looks really I, good. I think I started reading the third one um, and it was good. And I think I stopped reading it because like by the halfway point, they were still kind of at odds. And I was like, I'm kind of tired of that. Um, You're like, just stop. Fuck. You're like, uh-huh. just fuck. But I have a, a confession. Sometimes I get so impatient with like the chemistry, like the chemistry's off the charts. But they haven't, you know, slept together. Yeah. They haven't fucked. And I'm like, this is, no, I cannot wait mm-hmm. for this any longer. So I just look up the word moan on the book. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever it pops up, I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to read faster. Oh my God. That's a good, actually, that's a good hack for when you're reading romance books. If you're feeling impatient, let's see how many pages it takes to get to the sex scene. Yeah. Exactly. Or like. Uh, sometimes you you like search for like dick or like uh, <laughs> like wet or like oh that yeah sort of thing um and it'll give you results <laughs> yeah moist yeah moist <laughs> <laughs> okay Adriana <Her> entrance but... <laughs> oh my god ew <laughs> okay so I think I've talked enough about this book Adriana I know your book is coming up, so yes. please tell us about it because I love that book a lot and I want to I wanna hear you or your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, we're mentioning enemies to lovers. My book also has that sort of trope because um, I'm talking about Hold Me by Courtney Milan. Yes, the Courtney Milan classic. Um, <laughs> Got to your book. Yes. Book ever. Yes, it's it was one of the first uh like sort of adult romance books that I started reading um so it holds a, a little special place in my heart um but yes this this book is a contemporary uh romance it's classified as new adult because it's set in like college but both of the protagonists are like in their late 20s like mid 20s late 20s um but what the book is about uh, the a, a grad student named Jay. He's like uh, an engineer, like a uh, major like grad student uh, doing his research. Um, and he has this like uh, colleague who's his sort of best friend, um, who's sort of the only person who like takes his shit because he's, he comes from a very affluent family, so he's 
a little bit pretentious, a little bit entitled. Um, but, you know, his best friend is like, I don't care about that. Let's hang out together because um, he's very friendly. Um, but the one thing that he like that really peeves him about his best friend is that he has this sister who's kind of like very hot, but they can't stand each other. Um, and so this is the love interest whose name is Maria Lopez. Uh, she is a translatina uh, woman and she is this like dynamo, like confident, like uh, knows her shit, knows her value. Hashtag um, girlboss. Hashtag girlboss. Um, and she's also in STEM. She was... Uh, she's still an undergrad, but it's because she started college very late. Um, and she went to like a community college in the meantime. Um, and so, uh, but they're, they're kind of in the same age range. The, uh, the main guy who's, I don't know if I said his name, his name is Jay. Um, and so they're sort of at odds from the beginning and they snipe at each other a lot but the thing is this is a, a hidden identity story as well because Maria has a a sort of niche blog that focuses on like apocalyptic scenarios um and so what she does sort of science um ex element to it exactly because what she does is like generate these like uh like it's like thought experiments of like what would happen if x thing happened like a plague like started happening <laughs> imagine that happening she'll go through like the theory break down these theories um or, or and like give scientific backing to all of these things and also do like uh what's it called like computer computer uh simulations um of sorts to sort of generate what would happen in this in these scenarios and one of her closest online friends who's like a, a commenter and a big fan and their friends they're like best online besties um uh is none other than jay but like they don't know each other <laughs> um they hate each other they hate we each like... other but in secret they actually like each other a lot they have like crushes on each other um uh and they're like science like geeks for each other um there are a lot of like there's a lot of sciencey flirting like yes. flirting through science they're movies. so nerdy they're geeks they're nerds yeah it's sort of like there's a lot of like uh layers to the story um which is good because it generates a good plot <laughs> um <laughs> yeah yes. because what i like about this book and i'm i'm sorry adrian i'm hijacking no. you no i'm kidding uh it's okay but i i like um because because jay at first he's like a dick like he's he's really annoying because mm -hmm. he's you know when little kids 
are mean to their crush. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of what Jay was towards Maria when he sees her for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. he he underestimates her. He thinks, like, um, oh, you're too pretty to be here. Exactly. You're not actually a science person. What are you doing here? And she's like, well, excuse me. First of all, I'm super smart. And secondly, I can be pretty and also be super smart. What a dick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, she never takes his shit. And he he kind of always he's always intimidated by that too like mm-hmm. he's always had this cold exterior to him but when he tries to be snarky to my, to maria she does it right back so he's like exactly. unsettled by that i love i love that kind of interaction and the thing is that throughout the story he kind of learns and reflects and he's like wow i was a really huge <laughs> dick to you i'm sorry and mm-hmm. it's so nice it's so nice yeah and the thing like the the sort of like that like it's not like the first climax of the story ha- climax um <laughs> but like uh the first sort of like meeting point of the two um is because she's invited to this sort of party at his family home her his family is like very affluent they're basically imagine uh like bill gates having a child and that child is the 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 protagonist because it's like they're they're in in like computer like software uh sort of thing so she goes to this party at at this house at this home and she gets she has a lot of anxiety um and she starts having a sort of panic attack in the middle of the party and she's texting her online bestie being like i need to like talk to someone so I don't like freak out um and uh he's texting her like uh talking through it with her and uh he walks into like where she's hiding and like he realizes oh this she's freaking out she's texting someone I'm texting someone who's freaking out maybe this is what's happening maybe it's her and that's when he starts sort of like backing off of like sniping at her and she's like this is weird why are you being like (laughs) mean to me (laughs) and she has to sort of like recalibrate this whole whole sort of relationship that they'd sort of built on like animosity (laughs) um (laughs) and they start getting flirty and there's like there's one particular scene that has never left my brain even though like it's very easy for me to forget like what happens in books as has been uh seen (laughs) or heard in this uh show but like when they finally like get together there's a a scene having to do with him like taking off her boots boots. the fuck me the fuck the fuck me boots (laughs) has never it's it's the blueprint the blueprint yes he starts like taking off her boot and like kissing up her leg and I'm like this is amazing Uh, yeah because Maria has like Maria when she transitioned she wanted to be like hyper feminine and stuff like that because that's what mm -hmm. that's what she wanted to express her identity that way and so she's like obsessed with boots and shoes Mm -hmm. and she and her shoes are like part of her personality and whatnot so it felt almost like symbolic in a way like mm-hmm. he's taking off her shoes and he's worshiping her and <gasps> oh i'm so single 
every single episode one of us will say like uh, i'm so lonely i'm so single i you know paola has not ever cracked so i feel like paola the only well, thing paola, paola did say that she has a crush in the last episode so like that is true <laughs> oh yeah you know that meme that it's uh, i've seen it around recently it says like local woman who is single loves romance books <laughs> <laughs> That, oh like, yeah sums up i guess kind of our our podcast theme we are single so we explore single and goddamn ready to mingle uh <laughs> so yeah this this book really cemented uh, a nice place for me to like uh sort of start off my romance journey um And I'll never forget it. Uh, and Honestly, if this you... still, it's still this book is still one of my favorites. Like, yeah, like I always want to reread it, but I also don't kind of don't want to because I don't mm -hmm. want to like, you know, I still have my first good memory with it, and I don't want to like jump over it. But at the same time, uh, Jay and Maria are just like so cute and so wonderful together oh and yes. also i just remember this this book is super queer like not only because maria is trans but jay mm -hmm. is bi as well mm -hmm. or, or queer i don't remember right now so yeah he's in the like bi pan uh sort yeah. of uh spectrum yeah yeah because he was like he was getting over like his old boyfriend that was mm -hmm. like yeah that's why he's also kind of guarded and stuff and it uh so good so good this book is so good Courtney <laughs> Milan like she I don't know what she infused this book with but oh my god yeah. I, I love it I dig it I dig it and then like Maria's brother is like completely clueless of like whatever's happening like even their animosity he's just like haha good times I'm having a great time being a background <laughs> character in this story <laughs> It's funny because, like, that's <laughs> Jay's best friend, but he doesn't want to talk about Maria with him because, like, oh, that's your sister. I'm not going to talk about mm -hmm. her. So he's yeah. suffering in silence, that basically. <laughs> that's also something that I really like about this trope. Like, I can't, like, can you imagine it would be so weird if one of my friends was like, so, hey, I love your sister, but when she does this and that, and I'm like, okay. Take it up with your therapist and not to me. No, no, yeah, no. He's just no, like no. there to have a good time. The brother is just there to have a good time. And like, that's so valid of this character. <laughs> Besties are fighting. Yeah, let's go have dinner together. <laughs> he's just clueless, but somehow like shoves them together into these perfect situations. Yeah. Uh, I'll date him. I'll, I'll date the brother. <laughs> I'll sacrifice myself. <laughs> you can fix him. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this was our best friend sibling episode i hope you all had a good time i had a good time um but let's first talk would you date uh your best friend sibling or like a sibling's best friend paola let's start with you because you brought the trope <laughs> <laughs> sibling's best friend no because my sister is mm. six years younger than me and I feel I don't know like I love reading age gap but I don't know if I would date someone 
that much younger than me. Like I always used to joke about how the only younger guy that I would date would be like Cody Simpson, which is like not not realistic. But <laughs> um but yeah, I don't I don't know how my best friend's brother well that's funny because my best friend has a younger brother who is the same age as my sister. So it's like the same so scenario. you're not you're not in a situation where you've had to think about it or anything. Yeah, no. I mean, I have a really like she's not my bestest friend, but I love her and she has a, an older brother who I would date in a heartbeat, <laughs> but he needs therapy. So <laughs> maybe Paola, when Paola, maybe you can fix him. Yeah, exactly. I can fix him. <laughs> exactly. Maybe maybe if we're into that toxic trope, <laughs> maybe I will date him. But no, other than that, no. I feel like I might. And, you know, I don't have a sibling, so I don't have to think about that. But I do have a lot, um, some best friends and they have siblings. And because my friends, you know, obviously they're my friends and they will rant to me about like their siblings or their families. <laughs> like I know so much shit about my friends' brothers and, and siblings and stuff that I would not date them just because I have too much inside information that would make it awkward. <laughs> She knows too much. Yeah, I know too much. And and sometimes I think they're kind of like dicks or something. So I don't think I would they I, I would date them. I would be good friends with them though. That's that's not mm. too bad for me, you know. Friends with benefits. No, no, no crossing lines here. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's on my end. What about you, Adri? Um, so first of all, like I don't have like best friends with like siblings um who I would like think about dating uh, but in high school I did one of my best friends in high school um had an older brother who was very hot um uh and I don't I like this may be like a me thing um but like all of us we give like chic kisses when we like say hello to each other right yeah So you know that uh-huh. there are people who will like give the chic and just like just like pat each other like each other's cheeks. But this yeah. guy was the type who like would like give sort of a peck, like a side peck. Oh, and okay. That for me was like mm-hmm. like the hottest thing that like a guy could do. Um and so every every time that yeah. we like uh said so hello. hello to each other, like he did that and I would be like instead of be like dying over it. Um <laughs> but he's happily married to his high school sweetheart. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> I never really, really had like a crush on him or anything, but it was like, this guy's hot and I'm a horny teen. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. this guy like gives good kisses, good cheek kisses. Um, and my brother is also yeah, yeah, like yeah. four years younger than me. Four? Yeah, four years younger than me. So, like, none of his, like, <laughs> friends uh, I would, like, touch with, like, a 50-foot pole. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to talk about it now because obviously we're in our 20s and dating somebody four years younger, six years younger is, you know, a little mm-hmm. ah, freaky on the... Yeah, maybe once I hit like 35, <laughs> I can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. 
I can consider it. But for now, mm, <laughs> get a job first and then we can talk. <laughs> we'll discuss the terms of the relationship. So whether I'd consider like actually acting on this trope, maybe. That's the answer. Maybe. Um, maybe. <laughs> uh, if the right best friend or sibling's friend uh, appeared, then yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, this was a very fun episode. Uh, I really enjoyed talking about these books. Uh, and Paola, where can we find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Gerrard. That's G-U-E-R-R-E-R-A-W-R. I have a blog called lovepaola.wordpress.com. That's Paola with two A's in the end. I have a YouTube channel, which you can find at Paola M. Guerrero, uh, where I interview lots of authors. I've been, I feel like I've been saying that I wanted, that I've been meaning to get back to non-interview content, but I, I just postpone it because I'm tired. Understandable. <laughs> but, but, but I want to, and it's nearing <laughs> the end of the year, so you will definitely hear what? me talk about the books what? that I've read. You're saying we're in the like <laughs> latter half of the year. But time <laughs> are we in 2020? We're not in 2020. Time is fake. Um, what else do I have? We wrapped up virtual indie book fest. And if you missed it, you can check it's it out. YouTube. It's on YouTube. Um, it's, it's on, exactly. It's on YouTube. Um, and yeah, so there we go. What about you, Marianne? You can find me on the Twitter. <laughs> at the Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter. At bookish, B-O-R-I-C-U-A. I spell it every episode. If you still don't know it, you know. Let we have fighting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I am on Instagram <laughs> at reads by starlight. I have a book blog, Boricua bookworms.wordpress.com. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's I actually don't know how you can find me there, but <laughs> <laughs> just 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 go to like my my the links on my social media and you'll find it. You'll find it there. I have the my, the panel I um, moderated on virtual indie book fest. Yeah. Um, I am a sensitivity reader. You can also find information for that on my blog. And what else? I am a law student I just started the semester so if you don't see me too active on social media uh I am actually just losing my mind reading old cases <laughs> by old people but yes I am still reading romance <laughs> because how who would I be without reading a romance book you know um but yeah that's pretty much it from my end what about you Adri you can find me, Adriana Maria Martinez Figueroa, at Boricua Reads on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and somewhere on YouTube. Um, I am the YouTube cryptid. Uh, and uh, uh, you can find more information about the services I provide as a sensitivity reader um, and slash uh, editor uh, over at BoricuaReads.com. Stream Halsey's new album, which came out <laughs> the day that we recorded this. So, um, so, so good, good. Uh, anyway uh so yeah i also do uh tabletop role-playing games 
and I did a show called uh, Pasión de las Pasiones uh, over at Off the Table. That's Off O-F-F underscore the table. Um, and it was really fun. You can find it on Twitch. Uh, you can find the VODs, the video on demand uh, there for free. Uh, and it's like a, a novella inspired uh, sort of murder mystery. Um, Lots of drama, lots of uh, high stakes uh, fights. And uh, I played a, a like super high strong TV novella uh, director who was a hashtag girl boss, hashtag girl boss gatekeep, and you know, the other one. <laughs> Gaslight. <laughs> Gaslight. Yes. And yeah, that brings all of the information that I have to an end. So, anyway, please share. Rate the podcast, leave us a review, subscribe to Mapping the Tropes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Mapping Tropes and Instagram at Mapping the Tropes. You can contact us through email at mappingthetropes at gmail.com. If you have suggestions, trope ideas, uh, if you want to guest, you know, guest star in our episode, we have a lot of fun things lined up and we're always open to new suggestions. And next episode will be out in two weeks. And it is, wow, a big milestone for us. Yeah. It is our 10th episode. Woo! And we have Woo. a special guest that we will not mention yet, but it's very exciting. And the theme is, drum roll, please. <laughs> YA Contemporary Romance. It's been, it's been a long time Woo. since we mentioned YA. I yeah. feel so I think it's good mm-hmm. we're going back to our roots nature is mm-hmm. healing <laughs> nature is healing indeed <laughs> so that was it on our end Paola you wanna uh, sign us off uh, again thank you so much for listening to our podcast and stay tuned for, for the next episode it's going to be a fun one thank you and goodbye that was mapping the tropes baby, baby. <laughs> Woo!